It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, and today, here's what we're going to do. I promised y'all that we would still have some type of March Madness around. So what I plan on doing is I will go out and I will get a tournament bracket started. Here's the problem with that. I I don't know how hard you guys know it is to put 68 players from a college all in one giant bracket and then place them around. Unfortunately, that's going to take at least a week to get done. So what I'm going to do is for every single day the rest of the week, I'm going to go in and I'm going to pick the players from each sport that make the list. So today, naturally, we're going to start with football, and I'm going to give you where I think they land on my A&M bracket, but overall, I'm going to also kind of just give you a quick preview of what's been going on. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Locked On Aggies. Locked On Aggies is your number one source for all your Locked On Texas A&M content. You can check out all of our great work at LockedOnPodcast.com. Second, Aggies SI. All Aggies part of the Sports Illustrated Network and the Locked On Podcast Network with Locked On Aggies have partnered together to give you quality content surrounding everything with Texas A&M. You can check out all of that great work over at si.com slash T-A-M-U. And last but not least, why don't we just go ahead and give myself a shout out? Not because of I think I need one, but because of more so I want to hear your responses. I want to hear what you like, what you don't like, what you think is good, what you think is bad, what you want to see done, especially with COVID-19 going on right now. We are here to give you the best show we possibly can. And the only way we can do that is by your feedback. So it's really simple. It's at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am a mister. My name is Cole Thompson. That's my name. Don't worry it out. At Mr. Cole Thompson, at Aggies SI, and at Locked on Aggies. We'll have a ton of time, about 15 to 20 minutes to really break down the players who I'm going to put on this list from AM. So what let me just start with something positive, or maybe not positive in the sense of the word, but at least something that heads in the right direction. And that's gonna be Texas AM basketball. I feel like a lot of people are upset because of unfortunately, there's so many questions that surround this Aggie program. This was a team that They knew they were going to get a head coach in Buzz Williams, and they knew the culture was going to change. The question was never if, it was a matter of when. And you finally got to see what that culture change was nearing the end of the season. It was right after a loss, a 78-61 loss to Florida. I went on, I remember bringing this up with people, I was saying, okay, when you look at the final seven games of the season— what is the realistic answer for AM to win? And at the time, I thought maybe three. I thought Georgia was going to be a win. I thought maybe they'd get an upset win over Alabama and Mississippi State. Or I thought they were going to get a win over maybe Arkansas. But after that, it was either going to be four straight losses to end the year versus three straight wins, or maybe two at best. Georgia was a given, and I thought there was at least one more. Well, they beat Georgia 74-69. to 
Then they won 74-68 on the road to Nate Oates' Alabama. They returned to Reed Arena to get a major win, 87-75, over Ben Howland's Mississippi State Bulldogs. Then they go on the road. It's a they go uh, uh yeah they go they stay home. My bad. And they have a what was it? Yeah, a nine point loss to Kentucky. You look at that game. Overall, it wasn't that bad by the A and M players. Just Kentucky is a better team. Wendell Mitchell scored 18 points. He also was 6 of 11 throughout uh, around the rim. And I think he had a total of four rebounds that day, if I'm not mistaken. And every other player was kind of playing well. It was just Emmanuel quickly scored 30. You can't really help that. After that, it was another close loss. And this time it was to LSU and Baton Rouge. They already knew what AM was going to do against Baton Rouge because we saw them already this year. Will Wade's team played better down the stretch. And also, when you think about it, AM was struggling to ever have that type of winning mentality against LSU after that overtime loss. So you knew that one was going to be a tough one. But then you go and you ruin Auburn's senior night. A top 15 program. You get your team looking fantastic. Five players score double-digit numbers. A&M is a perfect 5-0 at uh, Auburn Arena. Bruce Pearl has a lot of questions to answer. And then they close out the year with a 77-69 win over Arkansas. Both Josh Nebo and Wendell Mitchell, if this is their final game, because we're still waiting to hear the new rules of eligibility, they were able to go out on top. They won five of their last seven. They finished as the number seven seed in the SEC tournament. And they were set to probably have a good run when it comes to the SEC tournament overall. A game against Missouri, the winner of that probably is likely to play Auburn. They would have probably won. They would have beaten Auburn. And then depending on the schedule would have gone, maybe they would have had another date with Arkansas, who was looking promising, to move forward and get that win over them. Or maybe they finally were able to surpass LSU for a chance at the SEC title. And if they would have gotten at least two wins, I think they would have been in conversation for maybe a 10 seed, maybe in a 12 seed, in the SEC turn, I mean the NCAA tournament, they were for sure going to go to the NIT. That was a given. But I think what I look at most at is the emergence of Buzz Williams is already on campus. That effect is now in fruition. We now know what we're going to get with Buzz Williams, and they now have an identity. The biggest thing is that you know that they have young players to work around. Both Emmanuel Miller and Andre Gordon were starters this year. And after TJ Sparks opted to transfer, uh, the starting point guard duties went right to Gordon. And he averaged 6.3 points per game. He had a few turnovers, a lot of freshman mistakes. But he was able to kind of take that next step that you really wanted. Emmanuel Miller, same thing. Dominant around the rim. Pretty good score. Made some plays. Uh, definitely at the field goal range. He averaged, I think, 6.5 points per game. He averaged 6.3 rebounds per game. The Canadian native literally brought, oh my goodness, to Reed Arena. 
And they're only really right now losing three players in Mark French, Josh Nebo, and Wendell Mitchell, if that's the case. The NCAA still can come out and decide what they really want. They could say that because they did not get to play in their conference championship, they're getting another year of eligibility. But if say that they do go, well, Quentin Jackson gets to step up. And when you think about it, Quentin Jackson was the highlight machine. He wasn't a guy who was going to wow you with your stats or wasn't going to be you know an elite player by any means or the top scorer but as a first year transfer he made the most of it and there's more times I can count of highlights from A&M that come from number three you also have Jonathan Aku who jumped right in to play last year he played a level of toughness and he didn't have a lot of minutes but when he was on the court he was good definitely you're starting to see the job get done. And here's the biggest thing. Anytime in any sport, a person changes personnel, a team changes their whole staff, you're going to struggle at least a little bit that year. A&M, they caught their stride at the right time. And with a young class coming back and some uh, recruits they added, they had a five-star, they had a four-star for next year, they have guys who are going to be a part of the team. So yeah, you're going to lose some players, but Nemo, Mitchell, and French being the main ones, you can build around that. Nebo was an average to below average player before Buzz Williams got there, and he led the team in scoring. He also finished top five in the SEC in blocks per game. You don't think four years of that with Emmanuel Miller is going to do something special? You don't think Andre Gordon's going to be able to pick something up? Be the next Wendell Mitchell? There's so much potential when you look at this A&M team. If they get better shooting, if they get better on the court, and they're able to make a name for themselves as an offensive identity to go along with their up-and-coming defensive play, A&M's in good hands. It stinks that we have to talk about them in past tense because we don't really know what would have been. That's the reality of it. This could have been a team that surprised everyone. And instead, we're kind of going home empty-handed. But that leaves us to be more appreciative of Buzz Williams and what he's done to the culture of the 12th man in one season. So I tip my hat to him. I tip my hat to Buzz. I tip my hat to the basketball program. And no matter what comes next, we know there's going to be something special. Like I said earlier, March Madness is not going on, but Texas A&M March Madness will be. Let's go ahead and break down which players I think personally deserve to be on the list for Texas A&M's all-time greatest athletes March Madness bracket in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggie presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Are you a fan of great podcasting surrounding your favorite team with your favorite sport? If so, why don't you just go ahead and give the Locked On Podcast a chance? There's over two dozen college sports shows, all the MLB, all the NHL, all the NBA, all the NFL, and of course, all fantasy football news. So why don't you go ahead and check that out at LockedOnPodcast.com. I promise you, you won't be disappointed, especially if you like this show. Like I said earlier, there will not be a March Madness this year. And sure, that is a huge bummer. But the reality is also 
we're now going to be able to do our own March Madness, picking which player from A&M is the greatest athlete of all time. Now, you always have your Cinderella teams, you always have your dark horses, you always have your players who were never supposed to be anything and they've actually turned out to be probably making a late run for one of the best athletes to ever come through the program. Definitely. But, let's be real. It's Texas, it is a dominant state, and it's known for one thing, football. So we're going to break down which players I believe are worth being named to this list. And I'm going to start with the easy number one. I'm going to break this up into divisions. I don't know how I'm going to describe it, if I'm going to do Big 12, SEC, SWAC, whatever. Here's what I know. No matter what, the number one player for football right now is Von Miller. Von Miller is easily the front runner to take home this award. Because of not only has he been dominant in the NFL, and we're going to go over that, but when you look back at his four years at Texas A&M, there's numbers that you're probably never going to see again. He started off his career slow, playing nine games, only had four tackles for losses and two sacks as a freshman. He only added one and a half more the next year in 12 total games, 26 total tackles, three and a half sacks. But then his last two years, this is why everyone was talking about him back in 2010 when he was drafted in the 2011 NFL draft as the next great NFL pass rusher. 21 tackles for losses in his junior year to go along with 17 sacks, 17.5 tackles for losses his senior year to go along with 10.5 sacks. He was one of the biggest named players in the history of Texas A&M. After being named to two All-Big 12 conference teams, uh, two All-First-Team All-Americans, and winning the Dick Buckus Award in 2010, the Denver Broncos wasted no time to sign him as the number two overall pick behind Auburn's Cam Newton in the 2011 NFL Draft. And since coming into the league in 2011, not only has he been healthy and consistent, his sack production has been terrifying. In all but two years... 2013 and 2019, he's finished every season with double-digit sack numbers. His lowest outside of that eight sacks last year was 11 in 2015. My bad, 10 in 2017. But he's also tallied 25 forced fumbles, eight fumble recoveries. He has uh, two interceptions. He also has one touchdown, and 21 pass deflections. In the playoffs from 2011 to 2015, which was the last time Denver won it, he had 31 tackles, 6.5 sacks, an, intercept, uh, an interception, two pass deflections, and two forced fumbles. Guy's a monster. He's also been named to the All-Pro team seven times, four with the second team, three with the first team. He is an eight-time Pro Bowler. He helped... The Denver Broncos defense looked elite against Carolina in Super Bowl 50. And he won the MVP that year for the Super Bowl. When you're talking about elite pass rushers, this is the guy, up until I think a few years ago, that you sat there and went, wow, I need a Von Miller on my team. I need someone who's going to put fear in offensive tackles faces because it doesn't matter how good they are. I'm going to be able to work around it. I'm going to be able to find a way to break out and force my way in. 
And I look at that and I just am blown away by his stats numbers. So I'm going to tell you right now. I don't know how I'm going to rank it yet. And again, like I said, Monday of next week, we're going to really start this off. I'm going to have everything one ranked. I'm going to have everything kind of put together. But Von Miller is easily, however I do this, Von Miller will be a number one. There's still a few more names I want to get over. I know I spent a lot of time with Von Miller, but here's the thing. You listen to radio podcasts all the time. You listen to sporting events. You listen to ESPN, CBS Sports. Guess what? They will always turn their attention on the front runner. And I can tell you right now, Von Miller is probably the front runner based off of what I'm looking at going into this kind of style. So we're going to look back at some other players, how well they've done since joining the NFL and also in college. And we're breaking those guys down in just a quick moment. Guys, let me ask you a quick question. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertising that Locked On does to reach sports fans. But what you may not know is Locked On Aggies is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Texas A&M fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique quality to reach local podcast listeners. Not any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to partner with the Aggie fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. So text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve locked on advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit us at lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and we look forward to hearing from you. Gig him, y'all. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Locked on Aggies, at Aggies SI, and at Mr. Cole Thompson. All three will give you all the coverage you need of Texas A&M audio style. But if you go to Aggies SI, you'll also get written content that will help make your Aggie day through this COVID-19 fiasco a little bit better. Like I said earlier, we are going to be doing a March Madness bracket starting next week, breaking down every single player and their success. But as we all know, what it really comes down to is it's the NFL and it's college football. And you want to see those guys probably make a run because in Texas, football is everything. So I'm going to go down and break up some other guys who definitely have made the bracket. Of course, coming in at number two, I don't know if he will be a number one seed, but it's Johnny Manziel. Everyone knows the story of Johnny Mansell. Redshirt freshman comes in. His two years at AM are things you've never heard of. Passes for 7,820 yards, throws 63 touchdowns against 22 interceptions, and then there's the dual threat ability. He has over 2,000 rushing yards, one season of near 1,500 rushing yards, 30 total touchdowns before going to the NFL. Now, what happened after that, that is a whole different story. He was drafted number 22nd overall by the Cleveland Browns. He spent two seasons in the league, threw seven touchdowns, seven interceptions, made a brief stop in Canada, made a brief stop stop in the now-debunked Alliance of American Football, and hasn't really become that player since. But you put his college stats in, and he might go down as one of the greatest college quarterbacks in history for his 2012 Heisman Trophy season. Yeah, you have a player and you have a prospect 
that is definitely worth mentioning. Next on our list is going to be Mike Evans. Plain and simple. Mike Evans was a stud, and personally, I don't know many other AM fans who feel this way. I really don't. I also don't really care because of, at the same time, I'm looking at this from what I've seen growing up in Texas and growing up through the SEC. Mike Evans, I think, made Johnny Manziel better. And yeah, those numbers probably don't add up, but that 2013 season certainly does. In 26 games with AM, he established 151 receptions, 2,499 receiving yards, averaged 16.5 yards per catch, and also had 17 touchdowns, 12 in 2013. So while he may actually end up coming lower on the AM totem pole, he would be higher if we were doing AM players in the NFL careers. Because since joining the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the seventh overall pick, he has become an elite player and has a stat line only one other player has. And it's Hall of Famer Randy Moss. In six years with Tampa, he has at least made 65 plus catches and finished every season with 1,000 receiving yards. So for his career, six years in, 462 receptions, 7,260 receiving yards, 48 touchdowns with his longest coming of 72, and a 15.7 yards per catch average. He has been a unanimous pro bowler multiple times. I mean, all you have to do is take one look at his resume, and you wonder why was this guy maybe not the bigger name. Three-time Pro Bowler, second-team All-Pro in 2016. He was a consensus All-American in 2013, and he was All-SEC that same year. Mike Evans is certainly deserving and will be on this list, probably as a three or four seed. That's the best way I'm going to look at it. We're going to look at one more big guy, and then we're just going to go speed around it real fast to give you guys a heads up. We're going to go with Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is the next up-and-coming when it comes to pass rushers, and sure, he's had some trouble in the NFL recently because of the whole Mason Rudolph situation, however you want to put it. But when he was in college, you're not going to find many players better. 47 career tackles for losses, 31 sacks, back-to-back double-digit sacks years. He then went to the NFL as the first overall pick by the Cleveland Browns easily While Cleveland is known for screwing up first-round picks, this was the easiest pick they made. And since joining the league, he's been consistent. 30.5 career sacks, 104 total tackles. He's also had four pass deflections, eight forced fumbles, and one fumble recovery. While I do think that there is room for improvement, and it's hard to say where he'll land on this list, he certainly is in contention for, I think, a number one seed, mainly because of his numbers at AM helped him become the pass rusher he is for Cleveland today. Speed around it, let's go look around and see who else is going to make this list. We're also going to have Ryan Tannehill. We already know that. Tannehill was a very respected player during his time with Texas AM. He was just kind of lost in the shadows of Von Miller. Shane Leckler, this is an easy one, and he's probably going to have to be the Cinderella because nobody wants to talk about punters. Nobody wants to talk about punters, but Shane Leckler is the greatest punter of all time in NFL history, and he started his career with the 12th man. We're also going to include John David Crow, Pat Newing, the linebacker. We're going to look at Jake Matthews, the former offensive tackle. 
Ray Childress is going to make this list, former defensive tackle. Martellus Bennett, Sam Adams, Lester Hayes, Aaron Glenn, Josh Reynolds, Luke Jokel. We're going to throw in Michael Bennett. We're also going to throw in Jack Pardee, Ty Warren, Ryan Swoop, Dave Amounderford, Johnny Holland, Jeff Buller, Ed Cinemoni, Ray McKinnons, Randy Bullock, Demontre Moore, John Roper, Yale Larry, Cyrus Gray, Drew Kayser, and last but not least, we're going to throw in Christian Kirk. Those are going to be you guys. Oh, and, and I forgot. We're going to have two extra players added. And you know, it's great. I'll just tell you right now. Travion Williams for his 2018 season will make this list as a dark horse. And you cannot leave out the 12th man, Cullen Gaspaya. He for sure. I'm just going to give you the heads up, guys. He's going to be a number 12. He will come in as a number 12, guys. There you have it. You have, I think, 24 players right now. We may add more later. I'll break this down next Monday for sure. But you have 24 players who will be making this list from the NFL. Can one of these 24 be the guy to lead AM in this March Magnus bracket? That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson, at Aggies SI, and at Locked on Aggies. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you check out all of our great other podcasts surrounding the conferences in general? All uh, Locked on SEC. Locked on ACC, and of course, Locked on College Football with Jonah Tolls and Jordan Reed. You're not going to want to miss out on what those guys have to say. But tomorrow, there's been some NBA players who have had success coming out of Reed Arena. We'll be breaking those players down and where they fit in this March Magnus bracketology. So we'll see you then. And remember, you give me all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.